The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. To McDavid, shimmies his way to the middle, then back to Sacra. Now McDavid one more time, right circle, wrist shot, score! That's two for Connor McDavid, and a power play goal makes it 2-0 Edmonton. Two more for Connor McDavid, pacing the Edmonton Oilers to a 4-1 win over the Minnesota Wild. Third straight victory for the Edmonton Oilers. McDavid now with 33 goals on the season. How about this? 18 goals in his last 19 games. Edmonton also getting the goaltending tonight. Cam Talbot, very good night. 32 saves on 33 shots. And the special teams coming through big time. The Oilers 2 for 2 on the power play. 3 for 3 on the penalty kill. They improved to 30 34 and 4 on the season. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. Rob, we're going to hear from Connor McDavid right away, but first the Oilers able to hang tough tonight. Minnesota didn't have a ton of great chances in the first period, but they had a wide advantage in territory. The Oilers able to survive it and then slowly get it going and then survive another push for Mini in the third. Well, yeah, the Oilers are bending, not breaking, whereas earlier this season they broke. And I think it was R&H after the game talked about the fact that, you know, Minnesota had the play and the puck most of the first period, but they kept everything to the outside. They didn't give them any great scoring chances. And then they pushed a little harder in the second. And, you know, the Oilers got the, the first goal. And from then on, it was for the rest of the second period, it was all Edmonton. And, and all honesty, I mean, this game, uh, the Oilers played well, but it was on the backs of Connor McDavid offensively as he uh, was all world, especially in the second period. And Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot didn't have to make a lot of big saves early in the hockey game, but there were two or three saves he made tonight that would have changed the tide in this hockey game had he not made that big save, the, the one late in the game on Zucker. So uh, both Talbot and McDavid uh, were fantastic tonight, and they carried their team along for a big victory against a a very good Minnesota Wild team. Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins also scored. Nugent Hopkins, 18th of the season, his 300th career point. Ethan Bear picks up an assist for the second straight game. We'll talk about his game as we move along tonight as well. But let's go to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's the captain, Connor McDavid. You guys got lots of run support for him, but just the tonight that Cam had was keeping it close when it was close. Well, yeah, um, no, he was great, uh, especially in the first period when we when we weren't at our best, and you know, I think they were shot us 12-5 or something like that. So you know, he was great for us, um, let us kind of get our legs under us and ease our way into the game. And um, you know, yeah. early impressions. It's a first game, and you guys haven't played together a lot. But tried Ryan on the left wing with you. What are you really thought? I liked it a lot. I liked playing with Nugent. I liked playing with Berg as well. I thought. Uh, you know, both their games were, were really, really good. And, um, you know, or, uh, sorry, uh, Nuge was, was solid defensively and was able to make plays, and, and Berg has that great shot. So definitely uh, enjoyed it. 
the team closed out a win after getting that lead. Uh, Ryan said you guys probably could have been a little bit tighter down the stretch and you relied on Talbot, but just as the team actually coming together and finishing this one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the, the leads have not been uh, good to us uh, over the last month or so, so no good uh, good that we were able to close one out. Uh, not good, we, were, we, we gave one up and you know, gave up a few more chances and took a few penalties, but uh, credit to the penalty kill and, and Talbot as well. So. Um, yeah. Cam was saying, it seems like you're shooting the puck a lot more, and a perfect illustration there on that uh, power play goal. Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, I try to make the right play, and, and the play that I see all the time, I mean, if it's if it's a shot, it's a shot. It's, if it's a pass, it's a pass. Uh, yeah, you can shoot the puck more, but uh, ultimately, if there's a play to be made, you need to make that play as well. Well, you're inching up toward the top of the scoring race. Does that mean anything to you at this stage? I'm uh, just looking to finish uh, the season out strong here with, with the team. Um, <clears throat> You know, and, and individually as well. I think uh, you know this is a, a growing period for our group. Um, you know, to feel good about ourselves heading into the summer and coming into next year. What have you thought of Ethan? After five games now, he's got lots of ice. He's been good. Uh, I think uh, he's only gaining more confidence, and he's only getting better and better as uh, as the games go on. So um, you know, I thought he was very good tonight, and uh, he definitely has a little bit of a offensive flair, and, and, and he can get the puck up, and um, you know, it's good to see. Does it change anything at all having him on the power play with the right shot compared to Clefbaum with the left shot? Um, I, get, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but uh, you know, Clef has such a good shot and, and he can he can catch and shoot it so well that uh, it doesn't really matter, I think. Uh, and I think Bearsley did a good job running the power play tonight as well. Read that's uh, Connor McDavid. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room. Edmonton winning 4-1 tonight over the Minnesota Wild. Two more goals for McDavid, giving him 33 on the season. Four goals for the Oilers means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. $25 every time the Oilers score, Rob. The total now up to $4,775. Also, your contract in your first year in the NHL. They've escalated wildly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that's not far that's off not my first contract. That's yes. not far off. <laughs> yes, no, I, I do. Actually, my father, a few years ago, sent me, he was going through his house in their basement and cleaning up, and he actually found my first ever contract, and he mailed it to me. And I was like, oh, geez, no wonder I'm still working. <laughs> Oilers <laughs> win at 4-1 over Minnesota, 780-496-0063. We have Logan on line one tonight. Hey, Logan, good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks, Reid. Um, it was a very boring first period. The Oilers played way better in the second period. It was a good game by Talbot. Came up with a big save. Another McDavid three point night. I hope he can win the scoring race. Do you guys comment on that, Reid? Yeah, for sure, Logan. Thanks a lot for calling. Well, the first period was probably a little more exciting if you were cheering for the Minnesota Wild because they had the puck about three-quarters of the time. What allowed them to have such a huge edge in the first period, Robin? Again, maybe not in scoring chances, but certainly in possession. Well, what we talked about at the end of the first was they're a very good forechecking team, and they take what's given. And in the first period, the Oilers were standing up the blue line, and the, the Minnesota Wild, instead of trying to beat guys and possibly turn the puck over, they put it into areas. And everyone on the line knew exactly what was going to happen. So they went with speed, and that got the forecheck going with speed. And, and they were good at it, and they kept control of the play for through the first 20 minutes. The Oilers were a little more aggressive in the second period. And up until the Oilers scored their goal, Minnesota was still in control. 
But once the Oilers scored, and you and I talked about it, once the Oilers scored, all of a sudden uh, the fatigue kicks in a little bit more. Then they give up the power play goal. Now you're down two nothing. It seems whew, this is this is going to be tough back to back nights. Now we got to come back, score three in the next 30 minutes against a team that's playing pretty good right now. And they disrupted the flow of the way that the Wild wanted to play. So it, the key for the Oilers tonight was getting the lead. They got the lead and took full advantage of it. And all of a sudden, a Minnesota Wild team that likes to play with the lead, likes to extend the lead, they weren't able to do that. And they were playing catch-up. And the Oilers, as the game got on, got stronger and made smarter plays and were doing the right thing. So Minnesota lost... Uh, lost a little bit when they gave up that big goal to McDavid, and all of a sudden the Oilers felt that they could win this hockey game. And the Oilers are able to preserve a two-goal third-period lead tonight, which we've seen several slip away recently. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 4-1 Edmonton is your final. We have Stefan on the phone line as well. Stefan, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Stefan, do we have you? How's it going, guys? Hey, good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, first off, uh, 97. Wow. Like, I know I, Crosby's the best player in the world, but I strongly believe that um, McDavid's the most dangerous player in the world. Yeah, that's fair, fair to say. I mean, uh, the one thing that McDavid has that no one else in, in the league has is his speed and his ability to make plays at full speed. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins talked about it. So he goes, I've never played with a guy that fast before. And anyone that's going to play with Connor throughout the rest of his career is going to say the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, he, he's dangerous every time he steps on the ice. And he can turn a nothing play into something uh, very quickly. And I think that's what players around the league are starting to see. And when Connor's on the ice, you have to play defensively different than you against any other player. You have to back out. You can't go. If you got a 70% chance of getting the puck, you know what? Still leave it because that 30% chance is going to turn into a breakaway the other way if you misplay it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he's like no one else. Um, my main point for calling, though, I just want to uh, – I know I've called about this before, but I thought we can uh, reevaluate. It's just about the upcoming draft. Sure. Um, chances are, you know, we don't know where we're going to draft with the new lottery system. The one, two, and three picks are all now – uh, lottery base. Yep. Um, when I look when I look at the upcoming draft, there are really only three or four players that interest me. Uh, one being Rasmus Dahlin, Brady Kachuk, um, the um, the Russian guy Shvezhnikov. Shvezhnikov, yeah, he might go and second. Then yeah. The other guy, there's an, uh, another Zadina. Oh, the yeah, the other uh, guy, Forward. the guy from Halifax, yeah. Yeah. So, my question to you is hypothetically, let's say we miss out on all those guys, we end up drafting sixth or seventh. Um, I notice it's pretty top-heavy when it comes to defensemen. And I'm a little concerned with drafting a D-man because, as we all know, they take a long time to develop. They take at least two or three years just like a nurse. Mm -hmm. So if you're in Shirelli's shoes come draft day, those guys are all taken. Do you tr potentially trade that pick for someone that's going to help us next year? Or Ooh, that's a good question. do you draft a defenseman saying, hey, this could be a Roman Yossi. This could be um, the guy on Tampa whose name I just forgot. Um, Edmund. Edmund. Or no, Sergeyev. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. They're both great. Both are good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> or a nurse. Or do you trade him? Because you know what? Like, Oilers fans, we're getting a little impatient. And next year, we, we better we better dang well be competitive. So um, from both of you guys, if you don't mind answering, I'm wondering 
hypothetically. Like if you're drafting six through ten, say? Yes, and all the guys I mentioned are all gone. Well, I I guess it's what's offered. I mean, I I think you don't say, okay, this is number seven. We got the seventh pick, and uh, there's no one here that really excites me. Uh, let's see what's out there. You're just not going to trade them simply because you don't, you're not excited about the pick. You've got to get something that's worthwhile coming back. Now, if there's something that Peter Shirelli thinks can help make this team better quicker, then yeah, it, it would be in play. But it's got to be something that he feels he can, he can win a trade or he can do something that's going to make a difference for this yeah. team. You don't just trade it just because there's got to be something that... Uh, and the cap's going to come into play there too, yep. right? I mean, okay, let's just, let's just hypothetically, as a name, Hoffman. Mm-hmm. So say you're drafting, no, I don't know if he'd be worth the 7th or 8th or ninth, 10th, but still then you'd, you'd be trading a pick and adding a, pl- a good player, but you're also adding a salary. Yes. So then that means some other salary might have to go out. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, uh, but it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be a tough summer for Peter Shirelli for the, the moves that he wants to make. He, not every move that you want to make you can make simply because you there there's salary implications. And next year, the Edmonton Oilers... Uh, top player, his salary goes up about what, twelve million dollars yeah. or eleven million dollars. But so. I, I think to Stefan's point, I, I, if it was, if the Oilers, uh, you know, win and move up into the top three, if they win one of the lottery positions, I would not trade. No, that. neither would I. Uh, the players he mentioned certainly Rasmus Dallin, very good defenseman. Brady Kachuk, uh, you know, another Kachuk who's going to come in and irritate people and hopefully <laughs> score a few goals along the way. And then, yeah, there's a lot of defensemen. I, I just quickly uh, brought up some of the prospects here. Bouchard out of London, Hughes, he's an American. Merkley with Guelph. Uh, Boquist is another Swedish defenseman. Ty Smith with Spokane. Uh, Wu with Moose Jaw. So, I mean, there could be a large run of defensemen. So then you find out how the team is evaluating and if they do want to take a chance on a guy who could be drafted in the same range as Nurse, who was yep. seventh. It's turned out pretty think good. he's yeah. going to come along after three, four years to be a solid defenseman. Yeah, I again, it's, I mean, and, and when it comes to the draft, uh, rating these players and talking about these players, I'm just talking about them from what I read or heard or someone else has said. I, I don't see them, so I have no idea if these guys are going to be great or not or, or if they're uh, a long time in the making so uh, I think Peter Shirelli understands where this team is he understands the the cap implications he understands what this team needs and he's going to do the best he can to make it better and that means just about everything is in play because after this season uh, there's going to be uh, a shorter leash I guess on a lot of people in, in the organization because they can't go through it again. Oilers win 4-1 over the wild Devin Dubnik, the former Oiler, was searching for his 200th career win tonight. That'll have to wait. His comments for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Just like the first half of the game, I outplayed them, but just weren't able to cash in and came back. Yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I think it was a uh, um, pretty typical game with the, with the travel last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of energy going on, and and uh, you know we had most of the puck possession, but we couldn't really seem to, to get anything going. And um, you know that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with uh, with the game going that way. But um, you know it's, it becomes more important to not uh, not make those uh, uh, mistakes that that end up giving them the lead because then it's uh, you know it's tougher to get back into it. And uh, we really get some energy going. 
in the, the last half of the third period, but uh, that's uh, you know not giving yourself too much time. Is there, I mean, why do you think this happens in the second of back-to-backs? Because has been a, a trend this year where normally in years past you guys are pretty good at them. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough to say. I don't think, uh, like I said, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just kind of games where there's there's certain points in the game that can kind of change the, the direction and. and uh, you know, it was a it was a tough travel last night, and I mean everybody has to do it, but it's it's the way it is, and that's why uh, you know you just kind of try to try to grind through the game, and you know there's a few uh, few chances if we get up one nothing, then then I'm sure it sparks some life, but uh, you know we made a good push at the end there and um, couldn't get it. I'm sure McDavid's name circled on the board, but he's still tough to corral, even though you know to be. Worry of him. Yeah, I mean, you can't turn the puck over in the neutral zone uh, like that when he's on the ice. That's uh, um, pretty straightforward. It's uh, usually going to end up that way. So, um, you know, and then uh, we have three, four chances to clear the puck uh, on the penalty kill and ends up off a stick in the back of the net. That's usually how it uh, how it goes when you don't clear the puck. So those are those are avoidable mistakes. And unfortunately, it was uh, the difference. All right, there's Devin Dubnik takes the loss tonight. He was beaten three times. The Oilers also scored into an empty net. Glad he brought that up on the Oilers' first power play goal. At least three chances where it looked like yep. Minnesota was going to clear the puck and they, they didn't get it past the Oilers' blue line. Or an Oilers forechecker made a good play to, to dig and, and pressure and keep pucks alive. And eventually McDavid scored late in that power play. Well, so now you got the penalty killers dead tired because they've had to stay out there for such a long time when pucks should have got down. They had one time where the, they had two Minnesota Wilds standing at the red line. And if the Minnesota Wild gets, player gets it out, it's a two-on-one. But you're shorthanded, and you got to be on the, the right side, the proper side, uh, defensively, and, and they weren't. The puck doesn't get out. And now the, the Wild guys at center are chasing coming back there. So, yeah, you, against power plays, when you have a chance to get the puck out, you've got to get that puck out when you can. If you give the team second or third opportunities, it usually does find the back of your net. Oilers take it 4-1. Needed another one to turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. When they do score five or more, you can go to the website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. McDavid gets two. He has 33. Dreisaitl gets his 22nd. Nugent Hopkins his 18th, also his 300th career point. Tonight, 780-496-0063. We have Rob on the line. Hey, Rob. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good. What round was Ethan Bear taken in? Ethan Bear was taken in the fifth, fifth round. Yeah. So the way he's progressing these five games, and if he keeps progressing this way, could a guy like Matt Benning be expendable? Or I think, well... Two like that. Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about the Oilers' defense, and certainly Clefbaum's name has been uh, rumored as well for maybe something in the summer. If, if people didn't miss it, he didn't play tonight and isn't expected to play on Tuesday at the very least. Todd McClellan says uh, it's possible because of uh, a procedure that's happening here that he that he could be shut down for the season. I, I mean, Ethan Bear... It's such a small sample it, size. It, it is. He, he looks good. Is he going to be here at the start of next season? I, Probably I, I, not. I guess let me put it this way to you, Rob. If Ethan Bear 
or let me let me go from the other way. If if Matt Benning is is moved on in the summer or or isn't on the team, I don't know it's necessarily directly because of Bear, because I I still think Bear will likely start next season in the minors. Maybe you know, 40, 50 games in, maybe that's when he really comes up. That's what I would project, given how these things usually play out. So I don't know if. I, I don't know, Rob. Correct me if, I, if you think I'm I'm off base. I, I don't know if it, it, it would directly be Shirelli sitting there thinking, Kate, we have Bear, uh, Benning's gone. I don't know if that's necessarily the one-in, one-out situation. No, I, I, I would expect they're going to sign Matt Benning. I think they'll sign him if they get him at the right price point, which I'm sure they will. They'll sign him and he'll come back as a, as a number six. Uh, center, and if someone is comes in and, or excuse me, number six defenseman, if someone comes in and outplays him and pushes him to number seven, well, you got a pretty good number seven defenseman. But I, I, I think that uh, Bear has shown very well. But again, small sample size, and it, it's, it's going to get tougher. And again, the Oilers right now are a team that has no pressure on them. So it's much easier to play right now as an Edmonton Oiler because there's no pressure. You're not playing for a playoff spot. Uh, and it's pretty loose team pretty loose dressing room because of that so uh, I I hope that he continues to progress bear he's a very intelligent player he's got uh, a great shot he's got good offensive instincts and what we saw tonight a couple times is good defensive plays the the dry sidle power play goal was a direct result of a good defensive play by Ethan bear he hustled back there yeah yep. and did it and got a good job done and, and turned the puck over going back the other way turned into a three-on-one so uh, I I I, I don't want to ever get too excited about a player after you see him for four or five games. Um, but he's going in the right direction, and he's a great story. And you hope that he is something that the Oilers, because he is something that the Oilers desperately need. He's a right-handed yep. power play guy with a bomb of a shot. So uh, is he the answer that they've been looking for? I don't know if you can say that yet. But he's certainly trending in the right direction. What, what I hope with Rob, what I hope with Bear Rob is whenever he's here, He's he's used in situations that are, are tailored to his skills. Now he's gotten some times here, late in periods and late in games. I, I wonder if games were on the li- or if a playoff spot was on the line, if he'd be being used that way. But we saw Justin Schultz come in here, and it was Kate. You're running the power play, and you're the number one defenseman in all other situations too. And he and he clearly wasn't able to handle that. And he's been fine in in Pittsburgh, where he's more properly placed on the depth chart. So I, I hope with the Oilers, Bear winds up in that proper yeah. slot. And the roster is better for him yeah, to and be I, in that spot. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue simply because when Schultz was here, he actually was their best defenseman. So he, he was put in that position because well, yeah. he was the best defenseman they had. Uh, it, he, it was unfortunate because he was wrongly used and it, uh, it, it certainly messed with his confidence. But the Oilers are much better defensively now than they were that year. And they've got players that are going to play in shutdown roles. So they can use him accordingly, and they have so far since he's been up. Rob, we were yapping a lot. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I forgot what I was saying. Well, you asked if Barry would would make Benning expendable. Yeah. No, I like like Matt Benning. I hope he sticks around. Just, you know, if Bear keeps improving the way he is, he might be that right shot defenseman that we need, but... Yeah, well, he's got that potential, which I which I think is, is I think that's probably where we leave it with yep. with him right now. Rob, do you want to finish the play, buddy? Sure. We want to give you an eight day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com.
Gets freed up for McDavid. And now a three-on-three for Edmonton. McDavid in over the line to Matt Benning. Centering pass tipped just wide by Aber. All right, that was a little bit of a scoring chance there for Pontus Aberg. Rob, unfortunately, he's gone 24 games without a goal. Now, we'll see how closely you've been listening to some of our minutia during the face-off show. Do you know the last team Aberg scored against? Say Edmonton. Edmonton. <laughs> yes, it was Edmonton when he played for National for uh, Nashville back in December. Stay on the line, Rob. Really good answer. <laughs> Are you talking to me or him? <laughs> well, just Rob. We're a team. We're all a team. Rob's that in was, general. That was Team Rob. Calling all Rob's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have given him one of my choices, like Edmonton or the Cleveland Barons. I played against the Cleveland Barons. In, in the, the minors. In the A? In, yeah, the in, I? The, in the I? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think in both leagues, in the, the A and the I. I didn't play. Didn't they? Weren't they in the NHL at one point? Yeah, like in the yeah, 70s. I didn't play against them then. No, you were like. I was a little younger then. You were then. just a baby. Yes. Oilers win 4-1 over the Minnesota Wild. Tell you what we're going to do. we got to take a quick timeout. Alex, Greg, and Paul are next in the batting order. You'll hear from head coach Todd McClellan. It's the third straight win for the Oilers. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. In the right corner of the offensive zone. Out to the point, Suter. The penalty is over. A shot deflects. Stall, backdoor, backhander. What a save made by Tabbitt. With a blocker on Jason Zucker. has been robbed three times tonight. Great save, Cam Talbot. Absolutely, his save of the game, courtesy RV Wars Massive Spring Clearance Sale ends tomorrow in West Edmonton. Visit rvwars.ca for details. Talbot coming through tonight with 32 saves. That was his best stop when Zucker shot it. I thought, well, there's another two-goal mm-hmm. lead gone. Talbot makes the save. Oilers get a power play shortly after that. Dreisaitl scores, and then Nugent Hopkins hits the empty net. McDavid, the other two goals for Edmonton, both in the second period, less than three minutes apart. He's up to 33 on the season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown coming to you from Rogers Place. It is 11-23. The Oilers have won three straight, and uh, the special teams coming through three for three on the PK, two for two on the power play. Advantage Trailer Rentals out of town scoreboard quickly here before we go back to the phone lines. Devils get by the Predators 3-2 in a shootout. Bruins outscore the Blackhawks 7-4. Golden Knights dump the Sabres 2-1 in a shootout. Flyers beat the Jets 2-1. Line A gets his 40th. Nice, nice shot. It was the one-timer from across ice pass. That kid can shoot. Tampa Bay over Montreal, 3-2 in a shootout. Avalanche beat the Coyotes, 5-2. Blues ring up the Kings, 7-2. Capitals shut out the Sharks, 2-zip. Maple Leafs, 5. Pittsburgh, 2. Panthers, 4. Rangers, 3 in a shootout. American Hockey League tonight. Bakersfield, the Oilers farm team, beating San Diego, 3-2. Joey Lalegia scoring the uh, game winner in overtime. Oh, a little curling as well. How about that, Rob? Yeah, actually, I watched some curling today, uh, too. The Al- that Alberta team's good. Botcher, young oh. guy, went to the U of A. They win 6-5 in an extra end to stay alive. Not only did they were down two. Yes. And they had to make an unbelievable shot in the ninth, the blank. Then they had to get two in the tenth, and then they had to steal in the eleventh for the win. And and they go for everything. Like they, It's fun watching. They don't play safe. They don't, and I just read today, too, that every team's got a coach and an extra player that they bring. They don't. And if anyone got sick, they're in trouble. They just go with their four guys, and that's <laughs> it. And they're going to win and lose with them. 
So Alberta advances to the semifinal tomorrow against Ontario. Ontario lost the 1-2 game today to Canada, 6-2. So Team Canada goes straight till uh, to the gold medal game tomorrow. So big day of curling coming up tomorrow. 4-1, the Oilers win, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Alex onto the show. Hi, Alex. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Um, so wanted to talk about a couple things tonight. First of all, that top line tonight was flying. It took a little bit to get into the game. I saw uh, what I was seeing on CBC and on the first shift. They got hemmed into the Oilers' zone. But as the game went on, McDavid created space. Aberg and Nude were able to feed them all night. They need to roll that line for the rest of the season, in my opinion, because that was a good top line. It was fast. It had skill, and they got some great opportunities. The second thing I wanted to talk about, Reed, as you said earlier, Everything that we hadn't been getting this season, we got. We got the big save from Talbot when we needed it. We got the power play clicking. We got the penalty kill going. I, I think Dave mentioned that since, like, I, I don't remember, but in the like, last 31 games, the Oilers PK is 93%. And, you know, I know Bob and Jack have mentioned it. I know you guys have mentioned it. I know we said it. When your special teams aren't going, you're not going to win games. So I think everything is clicking well tonight for Edmonton. I like the game. Uh, and this is the team that we needed to see all season, and I thought we got that tonight. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think that's fair, and we should talk a little bit more about the, the penalty killing, Rob. 31 for 33 in the last 12. Key kills tonight. I mean, two two in the third period. Nurse got hit with a couple penalties. I actually thought he had a pretty strong game, but he but he got uh, caught behind guys. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know, I don't know if that one breakdown was necessarily because of him. I think he was scrambling to help out. Someone for, else for, who had for, made for, a mistake, For yes. some other people, but... Um, and, and we've gone back to these guys, Strom and Kara. They, they, they seem to really have taken a lot of pride in the penalty killing. They're, they're quick to pucks. They're getting to the right spot, and, and they're efficient. And they're not the only two guys, but sort of with Latestu moving on and, and them being asked to take on more responsibility, they, they seem to be embracing it. Well, it's a pride thing. You know, when, when you're a third or a fourth liner, and both those guys are, and you put on the penalty kill, you know that if there's not success, you're not getting out there again. And that's bonus ice time for you. Third and fourth liners, I mean, you're not getting the ice time as the top players, and you try to find any extra minute that you can get out there. So when you're out there, you'll do anything. You'll you'll block, you'll dive in front of pucks, because that's your goal. When you're an offensive player, when you're a star in the team and you're penalty killing, you know what, if you get scored on, you don't want to, but you're still going to get the ice time. And you are... you're. If things don't go right on the penalty kill, you can still make things work offensively and you can make up for the mistakes that you made. So guys that are third and fourth liners that play in specialty roles, especially the penalty killing, they're, um, uh, they're, their willingness to, to do whatever it takes is so high because they don't want to lose that opportunity that's been given to them because that is a bonus ice for them, and we've seen that here. They've been very, very good. The other thing that we've seen is the Oilers are much more aggressive, Mm -hmm. or seem to be anyways, and the biggest thing tonight that I thought was the the, the difference in why Minnesota was unable to, to create anything is the Oilers were so good at standing up at the blue line, not allowing... Minnesota easy, easy access on the power play. And Minnesota was coming up, they're getting stopped at the line, and the puck was going right back down. The, the, the Wild never got set up. And it is frustrating when you continually have to go back and get the puck and bring it up again time and time again. And it, and it played into the rest of the... They, they just looked disheveled. And that was all because of the way the Oilers were penalty killing. Very good job for them tonight. 4-1 win for the Oilers, courtesy of GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL on the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. 
Talbot when the game was really tight there for a little bit to pretty Yeah, I thought he played well from beginning to end. We needed him early. We were a little bit uh, hesitant, I thought, in the first period, and he made some saves, and then uh, saves on the penalty kill, and or right after it in the third. Um, kind of along that same lines as we talked about after he played the, the game prior to this where he was a calming influence, made the, the big saves when we needed, got us whistles when we needed, um, playing with a lot of confidence. We feel real good about him right now. So you moved in with the left winger. Fans have been screaming for that for weeks. And he said in the first period he was totally foreign territory. He thought himself over the corner saying, hey, what am I doing over here? Well, and, and it's something that we want to try. And... Um, you know, whether there's people or media people screaming for it. Uh, you know, it's something that we want to try and we want to experiment with. We used him there uh, at the World Cup and he was effective. But we're also, um, you know, trying to get Leon skating again. I didn't think he skated real well in the game before. He was much better tonight. And uh, he has a tendency to skate better in that center ice position. So 93-29, um, they can both play there. We feel good about Strom and J.J. Kyra um, playing in those three and four holes right now. So uh, we get a chance to to fiddle with the lineup somewhat and uh, see what we have moving forward. Dave Berg, gave him a shot too. I'm sorry? Dave Aberg a shot. Yeah, and um, you know, coming in, the scouting report on him when we acquired him is that he likes to shoot and there's uh, he has a fairly good shot. We saw him try to use it tonight a few more times than we did. Uh, uh, the prior game, but um, you know, still, I think there's a little bit more there. We've got to get it out of him. Connor's had a lot of impact in the last few weeks, Todd. A little extra impact. Why do you think Well, he's the captain. He's uh, he's got all the talent in the world, and I think he's a little bit sour and a little bit bitter about how the year's gone. And he's not going to go away uh, whimpering. And when your leader does that, um, it forces everybody else to play their game. Connor's been doing it, and uh, I noticed even in practice, we haven't, we don't practice that long at this time of the year. But uh, when it's time to go, he is uh, very aggressive in practice. He's working at his game, and everybody else seems to follow. So we're lucky to have him. Sometimes when you call a young player up, he'll get maybe a bit of a jump for a few games just on adrenaline. But I think you're five games in with Ethan Bear now, and I mean your assessment is his play heading in the right direction. It is. Um, you know, the poise and patience he has with the puck, he makes some really nice tape-to-tape -tape passes. Um, I know that a lot of the forwards want to play when he's on the ice, so that's a real good sign. Um, he's learning and gaining experience defensively. Um, you know, the players are just a little more sly here. They're a little bit, um, you know, they're not necessarily always faster or, or stronger, but they're often a little bit smarter, and they, uh, they can pick your pockets at certain times. And he, he's learning that, but he's doing a real good job while he's doing it. Talks about McDavid being aggressive in practice, but when, he, when it comes to shooting the puck, it seems like he's getting more aggressive, and he, he, it seems like he's on the tear scoring-wise right now. Well, he is on a tear scoring-wise, and he is shooting the puck. Um, you know, I know uh, all year long everybody's saying, you know, Connor's got to shoot, he's got to shoot. He's got over 200 and some shots on goal right now. Um, his power play shooting numbers are higher now than they were last year, and um, we're going to continue to, to re require that from him or ask that of him. Uh, but I don't think he's shortchanging anybody when it comes to shooting. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Big night for McDavid, two goals and an assist. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a goal and an assist. He gets his 300th career point. And listeners on my Twitter account voting Nugent Hopkins the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The three stars, McDavid, Talbot, and 
Coyle. 780-496-0063. Oilers win 4-1. We have Greg standing by. Hi, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Well, I don't know what I'm going to talk about now because you guys already brought up the curling and, and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> well, so. We can talk about the golf. Got a Canadian that's leading in the golf. One up on Tiger Woods going into the final round tomorrow. Uh, but that's Tiger Woods. That's not very impressive. So um, anyway, uh, just, uh, just a couple things. Um, I know everybody's talking about Ethan Bear and stuff like that. But what impresses me uh, with him the most is his competitiveness. Like, he skates hard every shift. And if the Oilers... Uh, the team in general had that same um, level of compete night in, night out, shift in, shift out. They'd be a lot better team. I mean, I, I know it's only five games, but it, it's pretty impressive. But the other thing that I wanted to ask you guys um, is, you know, I, I hear a lot about, like, the heart, um, the votes and stuff like that. And, you know, um, I know it's not supposed to be based on, like, you know, if you make the playoffs or not, but it kind of is. Um, but... McDavid has a chance. He's only, what, I think seven goals uh, behind uh, Ovechkin and Line yep. for for um, the Rocket Richard. So if he wins the Art Ross and and he can possibly win the Rocket Richard, is it not a hands-down um, heart trophy for him again this year? Uh, no. No, I, I don't. Th- I mean, it, it, will say, it will signify that he's the best player in the league. But I, I, if the Oilers, I, I don't think he's going to win simply because the Oilers are so far out of the playoffs. I, there is a lot, and there, and this is also here. There's a lot of players having very, very good seasons that are on playoff teams. There's a lot of guys that are carrying their teams. Like Nathan McKinnon is having an unbelievable season for the Colorado Avalanche, and if they get in the playoffs, to me, he's the MVP. Kucherov is the best player on the best team in the National Hockey League in Tampa Bay and has been leading this league in scoring for, for forever now, it seems like. Claude Giroux has put the Philadelphia Flyers on his back. I thought that was a terrible team when we saw them earlier in the year. And now every time you see they win, you look on the scoreboard and it's Giroux driving that team. So uh, is Connor the best player in the league? Yes, but when it comes down to who wins the MVP, it's going to be off a team who's carried his team. It's going to be off a player who's carried his team into the playoffs, and that's why I don't think Connor McDavid's going to win. All right, who would you vote for? I, well, I told you, if Colorado's in, I, I I pick McKinnon. If they don't make it, then I'm looking at either Kucherov, <coughs> excuse me, Kucherov, or possibly Giroux. So you wouldn't put so you get if you're a voter, and neither of us are. You get no. you get five. You can vote for five guys. I'd have Connor as one of my five, but I wouldn't I I wouldn't have him winning. All right. Still, fifteen games left. Oh, I agree. Well, he, your this mind guy just, could be changed. No, well, this guy just said <laughs> if he wins the Art Ross and the Rocket Richard, and I still said that he, I don't think he'd get it. Okay. So he, there's fifteen games, and I, and I believe he's going to win the Art Ross. I think he's going to win the scoring title. I don't know if he's going to win the Rocket Richard. Um, that that one's going to be a little tougher, but I do believe he's going to win the scoring title. He's up to uh, eighty-four points now. Kucherov has eighty-eight. Malkin has eighty-five. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can reach us. We have Jim standing by. Oilers beat the Wild four one. Hey Jim. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> how you doing? Good. Uh, um, I, I I just can't believe that the, the Edmonton Oilers are not going to make the playoffs with the schedule they have had. It you w- know, I mean, uh, uh, all year they must have uh, their home games. They must have. The team coming in there to play them has played the night before. 
At, at least 30 games. No, no it hasn't no, been 30 no, games. Not 30. They, they've barely played 30. Ho- they've only played 35 home games, so it hasn't well, happened. Well, I, I mean, maybe I'm a little uh, exaggerating a little bit, but at least 20. No, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be twenty either. I don't think. I I don't know how it goes. I I, I would imagine well, that that's some kind of a schedule when the team uh, that they're playing home is played the night before, and I've never seen a schedule like that. That's a pretty good schedule. Yeah, it's ha- well, it's happened a few times. It usually ha- it usually happens a few times throughout uh, throughout the year. They got obviously Minnesota tonight. Uh, I mean, the others, the, the Rangers, others this the week. Rangers were in here. The others this week are going to play a home game, and it'll be the second of back-to-back games for them. They play in Calgary on Tuesday, then home here on Wednesday, which is a weird one when they're playing a home game and it's the second of back-to-back for them. So, I I don't know if it. I would imagine they all equal out sort of over the course of the year amongst all the teams. I know that when teams come through Alberta, they usually play back-to-back. Sometimes it's in Edmonton first. Sometimes it's in Calgary first. Um, the the schedule has nothing to do with the way the Oilers' season has gone. The Oilers' season has gone the way it has because they just didn't play near well enough early in the season and put themselves in way too big a hole. Oilers win 4-1 over the Wild. We had a winner on face-off trivia. Raj knew that Devin Dubnik got his first career win in March of 2010 against the Detroit Red Wings. He gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles, brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Dubnik was looking for career win number 200 tonight. That'll have to wait as the Oilers take the game 4-1. Cam Talbot had an outstanding evening for the Oilers. You will hear from him as we roll along and also from Bruce Brudrow, the coach of the Minnesota Wild, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Drag move, knocked away, and Edmonton will have a three-on-one coming the other way. Dry side of right circle, rich shot, score! Two power play goals on the night for Edmonton, the second of which likely has put this game away. Dry with his 22nd of the season, Ethan Bear. His second career assist, that made it 3-1 Oilers late in the third. Nugent Hopkins added an empty netter. Oilers win 4-1. Connor McDavid, two second-period goals for Edmonton. He's up to 33, also had an assist tonight. Charlie Coyle, the only goal of the night for the Minnesota Wild. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for joining us. Let's head back downstairs here. BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees, Minnesota Coach Bruce Boudreau. It was certainly not the result you were looking for, but your thoughts on the overall effort of the team? Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, I think we tried. I mean, it's, uh, I thought the first period was good, and... And then uh, I thought in the third period, I thought uh, we were we were taking the play to them, you know, until uh, until they got the third one, and then that was sort of it. Did you feel like uh, the, the especially the first goal for McDavid that you guys fed right into him? Uh, you know, Suter needed to go off, and you guys turned right the puck right over. Yeah, and uh, well, it's a bad guy to turn the puck over to, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, it's. Uh, uh, he made a great play and followed that up, and that's what great players do. On that power play that they had in the third, I mean, did you guys have to kind of push forward to try it's at that on point the, on there when they got the third? The, f- the third or the fourth the three, one? The, the three on one. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, 
Uh, I think Granning was trying to be too cute with the puck, quite frankly, but uh, at the blue line. But Spurge went up because, you know, we were looking for a goal. But at the same time, I mean, we still had time. It's a two-to-one game. We've got to kill the penalty first before you try to start scoring goals. And the PK that you guys had, it seemed like you had the puck on your stick three or four times. Or and did you didn't get it out. Yeah. That's the key. And that's uh, the failure of our, our penalty killing is that when we're getting it on our stick and uh, we're not getting it out, I mean, with the special teams killed us today. Did you, uh, did, I don't know if you saw the replay, but did you feel like they were offside before Greenland's penalty? Yes, yeah. definitely, 100% offside. Yeah. I don't know if they were calling the penalty at the time that uh, he was crossing the blue line or it would have been blown dead and then the penalty was would have happened. I don't I don't know that part. Do you sense a fatigue group out there tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm really tired, Sarah, of that, that word coming into the group. These guys are... Uh, not only professional athletes, but uh, uh, great athletes. And if uh, one day of playing is fatiguing them, then uh, we're in trouble because, as you know, we get an awful lot of days off here. How, uh, how much are you, just this upcoming schedule uh, is going to be difficult with all these playoff teams coming up after Colorado? Every game is yeah. every game is difficult. I mean, um, so far we've been doing better against the the teams that are in the playoffs and the teams that are out of the playoffs. So um, no game's going to be easy. I mean, we've got to find ways to win. And, and sometimes I think, you know, we think that uh, because we've had a little bit of success that, that uh, oh, we're already in there. But there's teams going to be breathing down our back every night. We don't play for uh, three days now, you know. So, I mean, it's uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of teams gaining points in the next couple of days. You sense Charlie Coyle might be sitting on a nice run. How much could that help your team? Well, I, I think he works all the time. And, I mean, maybe the empty net goal last night uh, uh, gave him a little bit of confidence. But, I mean, uh, he plays like that. He's going to score if he shoots the puck like that. Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room tonight. That's wild coach Bruce Boudreaux. And he was asked about the back-to-backs and fatigue and basically said that's bunk. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was he talking about there, the Oilers being offside on a play? So on the penalty that Granlin got, there was uh, Kajula was coming across the blue line with the puck, and the Oilers were offside, and the linesman put his hand up for an offside call. And just after, Kajula just kept going, and then they called the penalty. And what Bruce is saying is the play should have been called dead. The linesman, for some reason, put his hand up and then didn't blow the whistle, and Granlin, a second or two afterwards, got a penalty. If the play's dead, maybe the penalty doesn't happen. Um... But, again, he, he did get his stick. And, I mean, it was a penalty. It's just he's thinking that it should have been called simply because there should have been a whistle before that. Oilers would score on that power play to take a one nothing lead, another power play goal in the third, and they beat the Minnesota Wild 4-1. Uh, McDavid with two, as we mentioned, to get to 33 uh, on the season. Oscar Clefbaum, Rob, we'll see what happens with him. Todd McClellan announcing earlier today, not uh, playing tonight, not expected to play in Calgary. He said a procedure. We know that uh, Clefbaum had a shoulder issue earlier in the season, missed three games. Uh, McClellan was asked, is it his shoulder? And McClellan just said maybe, which I think indicates <laughs> that, it, that, it, that, it, that it is. And he said, you know, part of what's happening here is determined to determine whether or not he's going to keep playing for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, to me, it makes no sense if he's injured for him to continue playing. Well, depending yeah. on how bad it is. I mean, you yeah. you would want to play oh, absolutely even if the I team would. was out of it. No, yeah, you're right. Um, but, I, they, they, again, it's, uh, they're going to see how bad this is. If it's something that needs 
uh, surgery or along that line, well, then you shut him down and get the surgery done as soon as possible. Uh, if he can play through it and still have plenty of time to get healthy and ready for the next season, well, then he plays. Ho- I mean, hockey players do not want to sit out. It doesn't matter. You don't you whether your team is in first or in dead last. You do not want to be sitting in the stands watching your players because you play. So I think they're going to sit down and I mean, having known nothing what's going on, they'll sit down and see what's best for Oscar and his health and for this team going forward. Oilers win 4-1 over the Minnesota Wild. Really good night for Oilers goaltender Cam Talbot. Here he is. Yeah, it feels really good, especially against a team like that. They're uh, they're playing some really good hockey right now and playing extremely well offensively. So to hold a group like that to one goal, um, took the whole group tonight and we played an active game all together. You're putting together a stretch of hockey that you're Yeah, I think everyone's playing pretty well right now. I mean, I feel pretty confident myself and I'm making some saves when we need them. And uh, in turn, it's giving the guys confidence in me to go down there and do their job. So. Um, I think it starts from the net out and um, just making the saves when I need to and coming up with that big save and give us a chance to win the game. You guys have had some challenges holding the two goal leads the last little stretch. This looked a little more like last year where you kind of had it in control even though they got one back. You kinda... Yeah, I think that we didn't panic tonight after that one. Um, it was just, you know, um, Crazy tries to whack it out, goes off a shin pad, stays in the zone, and then two on one, uh, you know, net front. So I mean, it's a, it's a tough bounce there, but um, no one got down like we did uh, on the road trip uh, a couple road trips ago. So uh, we just stuck together, and then uh, Nuge buried that one for from the netter, and uh, Leon with another huge power play goal for us. So lately, Connor McDavid is doing what? Being Connor McDavid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what he does. I mean, he, uh, I think he's maybe shooting the puck a little bit more, which I think he needed to do. He's got a heck of a shot, and he tends to pass uh, pass it off a lot of times. He's a heck of a playmaker, obviously, but I like that he's using his shot a little bit more now. You can see how dynamic he can be and uh, breaks down the defense even more. And, you know, when you shoot, you break him down, and uh, sometimes your teammates find those rebounds too. So, um Oh, thanks. Um, but yeah, I think uh, for the most part, that's that's a big difference in his game is just shooting puck a little bit more and and uh, starting to be a little bit more selfish. You were talking about making a big save, made a big one there uh, on Zucker in the third, and shortly before that on uh, Granlund on that two and one. I think uh, the the one on the power play was uh, a little bit more of a game saver there. I mean, the, the two on one on Granlund was kind of just a broken play and. Um, you know, RD did a good job of kind of tying him up. He didn't get much on it, but uh, the, the Zucker shot, uh, just pure desperation, getting across, trying to take away any part of the net I can. And, uh, you know, a big kill from the penalty kill there, and then we go down a very power play goal. So special teams was huge for us tonight, and a couple goals on the PP and uh, three for three in the PK, so that was huge. Thanks, Cam. Yeah, Reed, that's Cam Talbot. All right, Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers dressing room. A really good game for Cam Talbot tonight as the Oilers win 4-1. He makes 32 saves. So the warm-up, they come out, Rob. Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Abram is the line. I mean, they, they win, so they're not often changes uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> after wins, but uh, I, I mean, do you think it's rolling with that indefinitely now? Do you no. think there'll be some more experimenting? Or no, it, nothing's indefinite. Um, you go game to game and see how it goes. Uh, they had a good game tonight. They played well together. So you, you go again the next game. Um, there's nothing in stone in, in a, on a hockey team during a hockey season. Uh, it's an, an opportunity, and they've earned another opportunity. So I believe that that'll be they'll just probably roll the exact same lines, exact same D next game, and, and hope that they have success again. And if they do, then it goes the next game. If they don't, well, then things get changed. So uh, Nugent Hopkins, he, he's like dry settle. He's such a smart hockey player. You can put him in any position, and he's going to have success. 
Uh, Aberg's a kid that's going to, he's still going to have to learn how to play at that level with those type of players. You're playing against the other team's best forwards, playing against the other team's best defensemen, and when you're put in that position playing with Connor McDavid and you get opportunities, you got to capitalize on it because that line is expected to score. And if that line doesn't score, they don't win. So he had chances tonight, uh, so that's a good thing, but he's still got to, as Todd McClellan, there's there's another gear they got to find in him if he wants to be successful and stay on that line. Third straight win for the Oilers. They go 3-2 and two on their five-game homestand. They're 30-34-4 and four on the season. Minnesota now with 85 points, third in the Central, six behind Winnipeg for second place, and three up on Dallas, five up on Colorado, who are the wildcard teams. If the playoffs started today, and I sometimes hate saying that because they're they're not starting today, uh, but it would be Minnesota and Winnipeg with Winnipeg having home ice advantage. Yeah, that'd be a good series. Uh, it's fine. There's every year there's two series in the first round where you're like, oh, you, I don't want either one of these teams to to lose out because they're both strong, and we usually see that in the Penguins division because that division is usually very very strong. So uh, no, it, it there's there's a lot of playoff races that are still yet to be determined. So as Jack said, a team might have to go 11-2 or 10-3 and yeah. down the stretch to make the playoffs. Well, and like Minnesota's in. Well, you know what? But here's, here's the thing. There are six ahead of L.A. If Minnesota absolutely falls to pieces, they, yeah. would, they wouldn't be in. But certainly three points ahead of Dallas, that's not a, a no, safe that's... lead. And you don't, you, you don't want to get knocked down to a wild card and play Vegas or Nashville in the first round. Well, or, I, or would you be okay playing Vegas in Minnesota? I think Vegas would be a little bit easy. I don't know if easy is the word. Less pressured, less stressed. I think Vegas is new to it. I think they've had this Cinderella story. Can they continue it? Nashville, to me, is the team. All right, Oilers win 4-1 over the Minnesota Wild. Next game is Tuesday in Calgary. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chet. The game will start at 7. You can get more on 6.30Chet.com. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer back at 6.30 Chet, and to our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. Two for McDavid, one each for Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins. 32 saves for Talbot. The Oilers get the 4-1 victory over the Wild. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Remember, clocks go ahead one hour before you go to bed tonight. Have a great weekend. Drag move, knocked away, and Edmonton will have a three-on-one coming the other way. Dry side of right circle, reach shot, score! Play goals on the night for Edmonton, the second of which likely has put this game away.